this episode, how to get away from it all, Catholic style, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Yes, uh, emergency exits are to the forward and the rear of the aircraft. (laughs) You have found the Catholic Underground. We are the podcast cutting through the noise and bringing you the topics that matter. It's episode number 440. For those of you who are keeping score, I know I am. I'm Father Chris Decker, a priest of the Diocese of Baton Rouge uh, in the state of Louisiana in these United States of America. Hmm. And joining me, we've got Kathleen Lee. Yes. Also present physically and spiritually here. In America. In America. Here we are. Also, uh, Olivia Galino. She may be quasi-Sicilian. There's no quasi about it, but yes. Very Sicilian. Yes. But she's joining us here in studio. In these contiguous, contiguous 48 states? Yeah, we are the 48 contiguous states. Yes. Also, uh, but not joining us on Earth, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, (laughs) on the Jetstar 1 near-Earth orbit satellite, uh, Transponder 1. Jeff Blackwell. You got me going in circles, Father. It's true. Um, it's a it's a low orbit, but it's yeah. a friendly orbit. But uh, we won't do any of that circle back stuff, okay? No, that's right. And, <laughs> okay. and, no, no, please no. And then as the fish comes up on the screen, uh, we thought that it would be a, a fantastic opportunity in the midst of this Lenten season to, uh, to talk about the retreat. Ah, yes. You know, I mean, I think everybody, um, in, in certainly in the Christian world, but in the Catholic world as well, has heard about the notion of going on a retreat. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we can look at a retreat as a running away. Sometimes we see it as a getting away. Um, but for, for us as, as Catholics, and certainly as Christians, the notion of a retreat is nothing new. It goes all the way back through our salvation history. Wow. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and, and in okay. fact, I mean... In the ancient world, I mean, I obviously have no proof because I am not a time traveler, mm-hmm. regardless of what anyone may have told you <laughs> in any age where you find somebody that looks like me. Um, the, the notion of a retreat goes back to wanting to, to commune with God, mm-hmm. wanting to come to know God. Yeah. Um, and so even in pre-Christian civilizations, there had to have been things like retreats to go mm-hmm. off by oneself. I think you can even trace it back to anything in like the Garden of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think about... Um, you know, Genesis three, whenever it's so after the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks about how like they, they heard God walking in the garden. In mm-hmm. the breezy yeah. part of the day. Yeah, in the breezy wow. part of the day. Yeah, and right. but the, the presupposition there is number one, that they know what God's footsteps sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two, presumably because they would have walked with God, right? Right, right? Yeah. because they they live in God's garden, right? Mm-hmm. It's the garden of God, and we've talked about this in a previous show just recently, that they they lived literally in God's garden, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so they mm-hmm. they communed with God on a daily basis, right? And that's so, a kind of retreat, yeah. right? Because who one are you could getting say to that know? Eden God. is the original retreat, yeah. and and the way and the reason we are getting away so that we can be with the one who is being himself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And be closer to that that original purpose in our life, you know, yeah. as human beings, to be, you know, to to go back to the original place where, you know, where we were supposed to be. That's right. Where we yeah. Yeah. where we had origin. Yeah. And that's actually like one of my favorite definitions of, you know, it's a, it's a lo-fi definition of discernment that someone um, told me one time. It was like just knowing what God smells like, mm-hmm. knowing what God sounds like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like you know, think back to like when you lived in your parents' house or like when you had roommates or something. And like, I don't know, like when I was in college, I had four, well, I had three roommates. I was one of four people who lived in a very small apartment. And I could tell just by the way the door opened who it was, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And like in my parents' house, I can tell by the way they, they dropped their keys on the counter mm-hmm. who it was, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, same with like my siblings. Yeah, like you you know just by like the way people like sniff their nose who it yeah. is. Yeah, right. And we should be that intimate with God, yeah. but that only happens with how close we are to him, how much time we spend with That's him. That's right. Yeah. And, and isn't it just amazing how the Lord intends to be known through the senses. Yeah. I mean, that's really what the sacraments of the church are. The sacraments are sensible ways in which we can come to know who God is and to, to listen for the sound of his footsteps, to, to smell uh, the elements that come together that, that form the liturgy of the Mass. I mean, how mm-hmm. many times do you do you walk into a church and you, you know, it's before the next liturgy, but you smell the incense from the previous mass yeah. and you go, ah, oh. mm-hmm. I mean, that's like a little nasal retreat for me, yeah. if I may be so bold. Yeah. And I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again, if you look in the scriptures, you, you've got um, Elijah. Elijah, of course, is fleeing in First Kings chapter 19. Uh, he's fleeing for his life. Sometimes when we actually do get to go on a retreat, it probably feels like that. Yeah. We're fleeing. Mm-hmm. I have to get away. Otherwise, I'm going to kill yeah. someone. You know? <laughs> um, but Elijah is fleeing. And in the midst of all this, the Lord is saying, I intend to pass by you. I intend yeah. to visit you. And so Elijah, as he's fleeing, he kind of perks up and he comes to this little spot where he's, he's waiting. And there's the fire. And he's like, surely God's in the fire. There's, you know, the, the earthquake and surely God's in the earthquake because God does big stuff. Right. Yeah. And then there's a whisper on the wind mm-hmm. and that's where God is. And that's what begins this um, this passing by of the Lord. And so, I mean, Elijah essentially is led on retreat and he has to get through all the noise to mm-hmm. actually find that, yeah. that small thing, that small voice, that little whisper, you know. And so, what I love about that particular passage, too, is that he, it takes him some time to even get to the point where he can receive that. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, he has, I think it, it's a messenger who like tells him first to take a nap yeah. and then wakes him up, gives him some food mm-hmm. and then tells him to go back to sleep mm-hmm. and then wakes him up again, gives him some more food. And then he like has all of these, you know, God was not in the wind. God right. was not in the fire. God was not in the earthquake. Um, and I love that because like, that's what our kind of our retreat experiences mm-hmm. are like. I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, you, you kind of have to like go through maybe even a couple of days if you have the luxury right. of like going on a multi-day retreat or even just like, mm-hmm. you know, an entire day, 24 hours to just like cycle through the right. basic necessities right. and yeah. just like, I don't know, almost like filter out detox from like yeah. the it's world true. and yeah. then just recalibrate. You want to take care of your physical, your physical yeah. needs. You know, yeah. we're just talking about that. Just, you know, one of the, when you look at retreats, sometimes they can start, you know, at five o'clock in the morning and end mm-hmm. at 1230 at night. And yep. it's like, mm-hmm. what, you know, and, and some of the greatest retreats I've been on they say, Hey, like we give you permission to go take a nap at yeah. free time, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and I was like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. God you, bless you. Yeah. To take care of your spiritual needs. You think about in any, in any context, like, you know, 
when you're a teacher, if a child comes to school hungry, mm-hmm. they're not go- they're not going to take in any kind of information yeah, as you're trying to right. teach them about Shakespeare, yeah. because they're worried and they're 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 they don't feel good and yeah, they're their hungry. needs yeah. aren't met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so you know when we are able to take care of our, ourselves mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. you know, and so I mean, go and talk about that for four days. You know, yeah. how our spiritual life is tied into our physical life. Mm-hmm. You know, and how if we're not careful. Um, you know, they can affect each other That's negatively. Right. And one yeah. even can begin to de- de- uh, disintegrate the other. Right. And certainly we'll talk uh, in another part in the show about what it looks like when you actually make it on retreat. What's the rhythm? What's yeah. that all about? I do love the fact that, that as Elijah was being led on this retreat, an angel appears and says, take up and eat unless the, unless the journey will be too much for you. Yeah. So whenever we do go on retreat, that's an important part of the cycle is taking up and eat, mm-hmm. a- e- taking up and eating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, pardon my gerundiv usage. Uh, and so and so that is part of it, too, is the, this notion that we are fed not just at a, a, a clock time of the day, but we are fed by the Lord uh, in the midst of retreat. Mm-hmm. And it might be at a time where we think we got it. Yeah. You know, Elijah was just trucking along and the angel has to kind of pause him and say, look, you have to rest, take up and eat, lest the journey will be too much for you. You won't actually be able to go to the place where the Lord is passing by Mm -hmm. if you don't don't follow this rhythm. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, Jesus himself, our Lord, makes it very clear several times throughout the scriptures that the, the notion of retreat is not just a good idea, it's essential. It's essential mm-hmm. to coming to know who God is. You know, I certainly Mark uh, chapter 6, verse 31, where he says to his disciples, most specifically the ones who were closest to him, that were trying to learn the cycle of life of being a disciple of Jesus, what it is to live in, in his, um, with him as a rabbi, with him as their teacher. And he says, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. People were coming and going in great numbers, and they had no opportunity even to eat. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is saying, in the midst of your ministry, because many of you who who, uh, who listen to the Catholic Underground or or who are watching, at some point in your parish, you're involved in ministry mm-hmm. or an apostolate, or you know, even if you kind of sit on your front stoop and you you talk with people all day, and that's kind of your your apostolate is is apostolate of uh, of communicating the the word of Jesus by simply just being approachable, you know. Yeah you still have to to be fed and the only way that we can be fed is by listening to our lord come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while and that's different than where covid 19 has found so many of us over the past year Mm -hmm. because we've been in a deserted place in our homes you know um but there's been very little rest yeah yeah because there's there's been so much restlessness Mm -hmm. present Uh, and so and so to to take the lord at his word to truly go away by ourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. It's very different than just simply being alone. Mm -hmm. Very different. Um, And of course, in the history of the church, the notion of a retreat is also something that is not foreign because as you go into into the Desert Fathers, they were really some of the first retreatants Mm. where you you have like St. Anthony um, of the desert uh, goes into the desert himself so that he can find God. And he willfully makes his life about a, a, a Lenten 40-day type Jesus going into the desert experience because he knows that the Lord dwelled there. Even in his hunger, even in his temptation, the Lord dwelled in the desert mm-hmm. and he was present there. And so St. Anthony is a good example. St. Benedict, of course, was also one of those desert fathers <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of, a, of, a fa- of a kind. 
Um, I'm trying to think of other the other desert fathers that um, St. Ephraim the Syrian, I believe, yeah. was one of them. Mm-hmm. And so what's really interesting is that from these desert fathers, so these are folks who are, at least the ones I know are all saints now, mm-hmm. you get these incredibly, incredibly rich, I mean, like, you know, Bavarian cream-filled donut-level <laughs> spirituality. Yes, you know that—that's just this. You—you you look. Oh, that—that that looks like it could be helpful. And then you really dive into the words, yeah. and they strike you right to the heart. Mm. Yeah, because when you go to the desert, you go to battle. Yeah, mm. I'm thinking of um. You say you know the book the the Noonday Devil. Oh yeah, the Noonday um, Devil. Asadia, of course, yes. is the five dollar mm-hmm. word yeah. of battling that that slothfulness that comes right after lunch. And um, mm-hmm. I'm going to look up real quick who the author is. But, um, That's a great book. Jean, Jean-Charles Nolt. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of excerpts in there from the Desert Fathers. And it's exactly for the reason that you're talking about. Because they understood so deeply the need to be away from the world mm-hmm. in order to understand like the heart of Christ, understand like the life of virtue. Yeah. And they weren't running away from like their problems or running away even from the world's problems like they were running away from all of the things that will distract them from who and what they were supposed to be and who Mm -hmm. and what the world was supposed to be Mm -hmm. and um so like i really i recommend that book but it's definitely like a lot to chew on yeah for sure Um, but it like i when i think of the desert fathers i don't know that was the first thing that came to mind because Mm -hmm. it's just so rich with their spirituality because it's exactly what you're talking about right they willfully go into an arid place to experience the aridness of spirit yeah and in spirit and experiencing that that dryness of, Mm -hmm. of, uh, of of spirit and of prayer on the other side of that is this immense flood yeah. Of, of the Lord's presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, you and I battle Asadia in one form or another, right? Uh, because we, we all of us, especially in this past year, uh, have known what it, what it means to, to be by ourselves and then to list into this kind of apathy and slothfulness, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that, is, is, that has to be named mm-hmm. because it's a real spiritual reality. It's not just I'm depressed. It's not just I'm uh, feeling despair. But there's also a spiritual component to that as well. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously the, the behavioral sciences are helpful in dealing with some of the psychological things that that, that, that brings about. But the spiritual reality of, of confronting it head on and saying, Lord, this is where I am. I, I feel dry here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then to allow the Lord to speak to our hearts while perhaps we're getting some of the behavioral help that we need too, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is a spiritual component to all of this. And I think, I mean, I, again, I'm not a prophet, but uh, only by virtue of my baptism. But I think that that's one of the things that the evil one wanted to try to use in the midst of all of this, uh, shunting us to aloneness, mm-hmm. is he wanted us to arrive at loneliness. But it's, but it's, it's different to be alone. Mm-hmm. Than it is to be lonely. Yes, you know, and the desert right. fathers are are fantastic at allowing us to be alone mm-hmm. with God and to let Him speak to our hearts, even if there's a lot of silence and even if there is some passing through this spiritual dry time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's another, you know, kind of echo back to Eden, you know, and John Paul II talks about this in his Theology of the Body Catechesis, mm-hmm. that Adam and Eve experienced 
um, you know, on their own, what's called original solitude, and then together yeah. a double original solitude. And you look at that word solitude, and you think, oh, that's a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to be right. Nobody wants right, to be right, in right. solitary, yeah. right? Solitary confinement is prison, where, exactly, where, where yeah. you're, you know, that's something to be avoided. Where your senses mm-hmm. are, are deprived. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you think, you know, original solitude, mm, that's got to be something that we have to avoid. And then double original solitude, that's even worse. But <laughs> Two times the solitude. But it's exactly what you're talking about. They, mm-hmm. they knew how to be alone with God and mm-hmm. then together how yeah. to encourage each other to yeah. be alone with Correct. God. And that was the, the beautiful perfection of their love for one another. Mm-hmm. And so the mm-hmm. Desert Fathers understood that aloneness and then, I mean, really like through heroic virtue, yeah. tried to recreate it mm-hmm. after the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and, right. And it really is heroic mm-hmm. because they were also doing that in a time of persecution. That's right. <laughs> you know? And then you get some very kind of extreme versions of this when you look yes. at, like we've mentioned them before, like the stylites, yes. those monastics who, mm-hmm. uh, who scurry up a pillar and right. that's their retreat. And live on top. And live on top. And that's what they do. My students, my. I don't know if you've ever talked about this in your class, my students are fascinated by the stylites. Hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. just cannot understand. Because it's so radical. It I is. I mean, yeah. find a modern corollary. I yeah. defy you. Vertically, but, it's, no. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you can't. Having a townhouse in New York is not exactly the same thing. You know, like know. being in the penthouse of a of the top of a building. Maybe it right. is. But, but yeah, a narrow column yeah. and, and sitting atop it so that you can not only be a witness to others that hate, Right. communion with God is important, yeah. right. but also this is the place that I can find it. Yeah. It's yeah. like trying to climb to heaven almost physically yeah. to place myself in this middle ground between the heavens and the earth. Yeah. Oh, or even what, like uh, Julian of Norwich, she was like one of the people who like lived in the walls of a church. What was that? What, were, what was she called? Oh yeah, what were those called? Um, oh, it's called Come to Me. Is Come it, to Me in the Middle of the Night. Is that an anchoress? Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. Or like an anchorite or something. Yeah. She like lived in like the little like between the columns, Niches like in the, in the walls uh-huh. of the church. Yeah. Yeah. Again, very radical. Hope for you way yet. Of life. <sighs> <sighs> I don't think you can fit a three bedroom house in the middle of the walls. I don't of the think church, you can though. fit a Kathleen Lee in the walls. Of the <laughs> oh <church>. man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or a chunk. Well, or with a that, chunk. I think we might take a little brief respite to remind you that we are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> That's right, my friends. You have uh, found the Catholic Underground. You're watching, you're listening, and you're experiencing in general uh, our time with you. Yeah. And we're glad that you do. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen, also Olivia, and Jeff's up in space. And Ed, I didn't introduce Ed at the top of the show, Ed is running the video. So if it's your first time with us, it's Ed that does that. Yeah. You're watching on the video. Ed, feed. do that. He also he does. fixes the AC in his spare time. He also fixes the air conditioner and he takes out the trash. Yes. He does so many things. He is. He yeah. does. If you get here early enough, he's even like replenishing the paper towels and yeah. stuff. Like, but he vacuuming. hasn't brought us any food pills from the Jeff Star once. So. No. Well, they're not very delicious. Speaking of. It's just protein packs. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of, I haven't had any baked goods lately either. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, yeah, so. not, not mentioning any names, <laughs> well, Kevin. Well, on, on that note, we probably should talk about, if we're going to talk about retreat, okay. and, and we are going to go into the life of a retreat, Right. we should first talk about what a retreat isn't. Yep. And for that, I suppose we would call that uh, the segment of the show, The More Kathleen Knows. <laughs> <laughs> because if there's one thing that Kathleen Look. knows about... 
it's, it's a retreat. What a retreat isn't. Yeah, you know, then this, you know, this is what I've I've been involved in retreat ministry since I was in high school. So we're talking probably almost twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it myself. Then I don't. There I don't have been many, many, many retreats I've been on, and you know, um, there are a lot of things I think in today's society that we call like, oh, go to the spa retreat, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. what? No, just go to the spa. Right. Yeah. Mm. Like, you know, these things that we have um, spiritualized. Yeah. Yoga right? with goats and all yeah. that. No, like, thank all you. These things no, thank you. That First of all, yoga. No. But goats and yoga. No. 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 I mean, no. goats by themselves. Probably. So <laughs> I would have I would have a good time. Now, yogurt. I would like a yogurt themed retreat mm. with goats. Hmm. Well, they're providing the yogurt. Ooh, goat yogurt. We've oh. really gone very Sorry. far. Sorry. Okay. Keep going. There it goes. <laughs> Goodbye. Show. <laughs> yeah, so, so like there are a lot of things that um, we can look at, even if we have an opportunity to go on a retreat. Yeah. You know, um, there. So, so first, there are a lot of things that we that are not retreats that we may call retreats, mm-hmm. a spa retreat. You know, mm-hmm. whatever. There are things that we look at at an actual retreat as when they are actually not right. Mm-hmm. So, um, one a vacation. Now, we've talked a lot in the last couple of shows about space and time Mm -hmm. and, you know, about making those sacred and making them um, set apart. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Vacation and a retreat are very are two very different things. And we can see them as as very similar. Right. You go away. Mm -hmm. You relax. You forget life and progress. Yeah. And like but one of them, you sit on the beach with, you know, a fruity drink in your hand. And the other one, you commune with the all knowing, all powerful, one true God. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, one has sometimes and most times almost no purpose. Mm Right. And a retreat has some serious, you know, some serious purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so retreat is not a time to just go, um, you know, even if you even if you take a retreat somewhere that's on location. That's right. You know, there are beautiful retreats that you can take or places you can go on retreat around the world. That, that, yeah. That are are also vacation spots. Right. But I think the intent is what you're talking right, about. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that space right, is good and, and purposeful, um, you know, to, we could talk about that for days, all mm-hmm. those retreats that we've been on that have been held at beautiful retreat centers, mm-hmm. that that space is, you know, is meant for something, mm-hmm. um, not just to visit and take, you know, a tour of. Uh, so retreat, not a vacation, although sometimes it may f- spiritually feel that way because um, you feel refreshed, right? Yeah, sometimes we can pray on vacation because we're getting away from the, right. the hustle and bustle. Yeah, But I think that what you said is, is very correct, is that when we go on retreat, it's an intentional desire to encounter God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and we talk about that space, when you talk about retreat centers, I love a good retreat center. Mm-hmm. And I also always love when you go and like, like I was, I was helping out with a retreat this weekend and we, I went to this beautiful retreat center and I, I like the first thing I walked in, I realized it was like eight o'clock when I got there and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Mm-hmm. Because there's no TV, mm-hmm. right? There's no internet. There's not like, you know, a, 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 a kitchen down the hall with a mini fridge, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, we're not staying at a hotel. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, even the space that you're in, like on retreat, the, the, the living quarters should align you with what your purpose is. Yeah. They're usually pretty there. simple. Yeah. Like nobody's coming down the block knocking on your door, seeing if you need more towels, yeah. you know, usually you have to provide your own or, yeah. or, you know, right. yeah, you and sometimes the life and the bedspread that is on 
on the bed uh, originated well over 35 years ago. Yes. But that's yes. part of the charm of it. True that. I slept mm-hmm. on an egg crate mattress this weekend. It was nice. phenomenal. Uh, okay, yeah. So, so in the same sense of it, what it's not being in terms of of you know sticking kind of with this vacation theme is, um, it's also not like you know when we're talking about amenities and things like that. Um, you know, when we want to simplify our life, I love going to a good retreat center that has good food. Mm-hmm. But like, oft, I get really frustrated when somebody is like. Man, the food here is really bland. Yeah. yeah. Because it's not supposed to be like a culinary world tour, <laughs> right? Where you've gone to Italy and now you're eating mozzarella and spaghetti, right? And we're not, this is not. Unless you're in Italy this on is not your a, retreat. That's oh. true. In which case, it's every meal and it's. Which in that case, good for you. I've yeah. never been there. I'd like to go there. So give me a holler, at, you know, at your earliest right. convenience. Although but, there are some retreat centers that the food is. Yes, mm, right? And I'm looking at you, Manresa House of Retreats. And that's oh, good, Louisiana. right? Louisiana. But even when we, you know, like, you know, when we look at our surroundings, the place where we're at, what we eat, what we mm-hmm. do should, in my, in my humble, humble opinion, should be simplified. Yeah. Right. Because if we go to a retreat center because we want to eat, you know, we want to eat their food and that's why we go there, then we're missing the point of why yeah. we're there. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Because even right. that can distract you from the still small voice of yeah. God. Now tell me about this one because I've seen this one a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I was talking to somebody about this this weekend where they uh, offered marriage retreats that were also uh, cruises. Um, yeah, which I was like, at first I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> let's sign up for that. But like, can we, you know, and and, and yeah. you have been on. I haven't yet. I, I was going to say, I, I have not have yet. Have you never been on a cruise at all? I've been on a cruise, okay. but I haven't been on a retreat But have cruise. you been on retreats where, or have you been on trips that were... Like you attended as a priest and you said mass and mm-hmm. did some spiritual things, but weren't necessarily like retreats. Well, I mean, I, you know I've, I mean? I've led pilgrimages, which, and that's a whole nother kind of yeah. show. A mm-hmm. pilgrimage can sometimes feel a bit more vacationy. Yeah. Because you're on, seeing yeah. many and things. Then, but then there are sometimes a pilgrimage is very much like a, a traveling retreat. Yeah. yeah. And it all depends on the retreat master, you yeah. know? And it depends on the tour company that you're going with, the pilgrimage company. Yeah. Um, and, and I've seen some uh, pilgrimage companies that handle it. Very, they realize that the Catholics that are going yeah. on this thing want a retreat. Yeah. But then also want some of the amenities of, um, you know, of, of going to another country yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I just think like, I mean. It's I'll, a fine line. Yeah. And like, here's the deal. You want to go on vacation and you want to bring a priest and you want to say mass and, and maybe ha- maybe have some Bible <laughs> studies. Awesome. Yeah. Don't call it a retreat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call it a cruise. Yeah. You know, yeah. call it for what it is. And, and, and then you're free to do what you do on a cruise without feeling guilty. Mm-hmm. Go and, you know, I was about to say bobsled, not, you know, bobsled <laughs> on a cruise. <laughs> jet not, ski. I mean, not yet. You, you don't maybe go, the Alaskan one. Go and jet ski. Go and snorkel go and swim with the dolphins and have a good time mm-hmm. and make it a vacation mm-hmm. right but these are not retreats you know and you know and again you know spa days these kinds of things i went to spa the other weekend it was awesome it was very relaxing i don't feel any closer to god because you know i had a, a you know Pedicure. hot stone massage huh. i just don't um, i feel very relaxed um i feel awesome about my life but yeah i don't feel any closer to god mm-hmm. so when we call things what they are Right. When we call it a retreat and we know what a retreat is, mm-hmm. it helps us to enter into it more fully. Yep. Right. And we know what the purpose is with our space, with our time, with mm-hmm. our purpose. Mm-hmm. We can enter into that retreat um, and, and 
and do what, we're, what we need to do. That's right, yeah. yeah. And words mean things, yeah, right? Yeah, for Being sure. intentional about calling this a retreat and, yeah. and, and being, yeah. We at Catholic Radio has the Advent at Sea coming up hopefully yes. this year. And it's we're going to attempt to straddle it. I mean, we, we know that it's a, a, a time to get together, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's also going to be a little spiritual. I yeah. don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll see you on the other side of the break to talk about retreat stuff. It's Catholic Underground. Stay there. Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To Thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To Thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary. You know this music by now. I'm Father Chris, joined by Kathleen Lee, Olivia Galino, Jeff Blackwell in space, and also Ed Ball running the video. And this is, in fact, the Catholic Underground. And we're talking about retreat life, that retreat life, and what you can expect when you go on a retreat. What it isn't, but also what it is. And we talked about certainly how it has its, uh, its roots within our own Christian culture. Um, but as we've kind of come through the ages, it's interesting that the retreat of today really kind of is a mini monastery. Have you noticed that about mm. the retreat of today? Oh. The very first thing you become acquainted with is well, what we call a rule of life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, and if you want the Latin word, Jeff, an orarium. Yeah. Wow. Or if you want the okay. or if you want the other Latin, now mostly Anglican word, the rota. Mm. Yeah, the, the rule of life. I love how there was a little bit oh. of like across the river that came out when you said that. The rota. <laughs> the rota. <laughs> no. It has the rota. Yeah. <laughs> the rota. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about what you might expect. Obviously, your average, uh, you, your, your, um, your mileage may vary. Right. But uh, typically, it's about the same mm-hmm. when, when you sign up for a retreat. Because mm-hmm. most people are they, like, I don't want to sign up for a retreat because I don't know... I don't know what to what expect. Happens. What's yeah. going to happen? I certainly don't want to be vulnerable, but right. I need what what do you like right. are you greeted by a hooded figure that brings you some, yeah. you know? Sometimes Come those are cool. This way. Yeah. But well, um, I, that's yeah. that's my favorite thing about a retreat is is the is the very beginning to see people like like deer in the headlights walk mm-hmm. in like what? Mm-hmm. Cuz Kathleen of course we should tell you Kathleen and really me uh, Olivia too. We've been on the other side of the retreat as retreat mm-hmm. workers, right. right? As those who are facilitating the retreat. Right. Yeah. And there is there is um an expectant kind of parenting. Yeah. yeah. As you're as you're watching people come in with their eyes wide yeah. going, I don't fear. know what's happening And I'm here. like, dude, somebody oh, made me do this. Yeah. It's going to be so good and you're going to like and then, you know, by the end of the retreat they're you know, they're, yeah, they're the yeah, ones yeah. who are on yeah. the mountaintop mm-hmm. shouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. By like the next morning, people have kind of like shaken off the right. fear. But at first, yeah. it's like people were forced there against their will. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My favorite, and, and you know, and, and we have all been involved in both uh, youth retreats mm-hmm. and adult retreats. And they, let me tell you, night and day. Mm-hmm. Youth retreats, it's like we're all going to stand out there and hold signs and do a tunnel and scream <laughs> at you as you walk in. The kids are like, what the heck, right? And Those young don't ad- speak to me. <laughs> and young adult <laughs> retreats, our, our adult retreats really is like, Oh, hey, welcome. Can we, you know, mm-hmm. can we get you a cup of coffee? And it's That's like, right. or something else. <laughs> Your room is this way. Yeah. In three right? hours, we'll so, convene for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So typically, typically, if you're going for uh, a three day retreat, which is, I would say, is probably the most common in terms of what people yeah. can get away for, you arrive on a Friday evening. And usually it's a, it's after you've, you've put the work day behind you, mm-hmm. right? And so there's, there's a time of arrival. And uh, I mean, I know as a person who's gone on retreat, even today as a priest, if I go on retreat to a facility that I'm not, that I've never been to before or haven't been in a while, there is this eagerness, but also this kind of trepidation. Like what, what's going to happen on the Mm -hmm. other side of this? Because if I'm going in for reals to a retreat, God is there and he's waiting for me to, uh, to unplug from everything. You know, and right. so, uh, so yeah, you, you're you're usually greeted by the retreat workers. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that may be priests or, or religious if they're working the retreat. Oftentimes nowadays, it's more it's the volunteers yeah. that yeah, are facilitating people, yeah. the retreat. Um, and then, like, there's a check-in. You get mm-hmm. a packet, I guess. Yeah. Usually. Map Because we should talk about, I guess, maybe the different types of retreats. There are preached retreats, mm-hmm. and then there are um, directed retreats. Yeah. Right. So, so a preached retreat is where you you go and you listen to conferences at specific times during the day. Yeah. And then a directed retreat is is where you might have a, a conference where all the retreatants are gathered together. But you meet individually with a spiritual director, yeah. and it's a it's a one on one kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then you know maybe mention too that like both of those could be also be like silent as yes, well. Yes, and those could be yeah. Those could either be a retreat where you're um, either encouraged to talk to people mm-hmm. or not uh, restricted from doing so. Right. Right. But a silent retreat, you kind of enter into a covenant together, if you will, as you as you enter on retreat, that there are going to be what we what the monks would call a grand silence, yeah. Yeah. where there wouldn't be any speaking or uh, communication with right. each yeah. other by any means. Yeah, like baseball if, motions, or right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Unless you absolutely need to communicate with somebody. Yeah. yeah. Although what's really kind of cool, Jeff, is because the monks uh, have developed over the centuries how to uh, to speak without speaking because they observe the grand silence in many ways. Mm-hmm. They have a whole bunch of sign language that they've developed over the centuries on like passing the pepper and things like really? that. Oh, okay. I was wondering yeah, if that's con- considered conversing though, even though it, it kind of is. But again, the, the, it, it's not like a, a an Olympic hurdle to right, jump yeah. okay. to try to, to try to go out of your way to yeah. communicate. It's the least invasive yeah. exactly. form yeah. of just asking for what yeah. right. The yeah. summer that father and Chris and I met, I was a sophomore in high school and we were on retreat and they had a silence part of it. And you probably don't remember this at all, oh. but it, it is one of the memories. Like we had a time of silence at like 24 hours My. and I about died. And mm. there was one point where somebody, like we were waiting and somebody came to the door. They needed us to move our, our, van that we were using this is how long ago this was um and i and, and he came to the table I was like this your van it needs to move and i was like and so i was just, like who am i who do i like who do i and i i came over to you as a seminarian because you were the only adult in the room and i was like 
I had to break my silence and I was like devastated as this like sophomore in high school. I was like, I was like, we need us to move the van. (laughs) And you were like, and I was like, oh, I felt like such a failure. But I mean, it was, it was, but that's unavoidable. What are we going to do? Charades? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Write it on a note. I don't know. As I, as I'm thinking back, she probably did try some charades first. I I probably (laughs) did. One word rhymes with. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, and that's the thing. So you're not going out of your way because even like trying to, to the communication hurdle can itself be a, a a red herring. It can be a a misdirection, you know? Uh, but so yeah, you, you move in, you're, you're getting used to, to the, the facility, you know, um, you, you get to look in your room, you know, Mm -hmm. and see what that's all about. I get to kind of rummage through some of the stuff in the packet. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes I like to just, just cause to see, you know, what's in the room. Usually there's a Bible, almost always there's a a crucifix. Sometimes there's some note paper for you. Um, at the retreat center that I, I know of, that are that the priests in my diocese go to, Manresa, which is a fantastic retreat center here in the diocese of Baton Rouge, um, the, there there is almost always like a little uh, bit of, of um, something left behind from the previous mm. retreatant mm. that they think you might need. Mm. So sometimes it's like a throat lozenge or a something, you know, like a, yeah. a little prayer card. Yeah, or, or a prayer yeah, card that spoke that. to them, or even maybe some of the notes that they took that yeah. They, yeah, they wanted to leave behind. I will say, like, I'm just, I'm thinking back to, like, some of my retreat experiences of, like, getting there, and I typically go on silent retreats, because I just, I like those, Mm -hmm. and this is one of the ways that Kathleen and I, our personalities are very different, (laughs) Yeah. Um, but we we mesh very well, Yeah. Mm -hmm. but um, I'm thinking about, like, usually you get there, and you you typically probably have about two, three hours of, like, your time is your own before dinner, you know, walk around, pray, whatever. Get used to the place. Yeah. And I don't know about y'all, but I have found that that short period of time, but then like even the next like 12, 16 hours Mm -hmm. is usually like spiritually speaking, a very intense time. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm usually in a very like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't have time for this. I'm like looking through like what you're saying, like look through the packet. I'm like looking at the conference. That's going to be boring. Yeah. I'm like, that's that's really stupid. (laughs) Yeah. Like I already know about this. And I, I find that that's like a real, I almost think of it now as like a, like a purge, like yeah. all of the like, yeah. like in the filth just has to like get out mm-hmm. before I can really receive. Yep. And I don't know if that's like a retreat experience that a lot of people have or if that's just me. But I know I do. It takes me a while to unplug. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. maybe, I don't know. I feel like maybe I should say that in case that's something that you have experienced on a retreat and you're like, maybe I'm just not a retreat person. I don't know. I think it's more normal it is. than, than yeah. we want to believe, but we're just maybe afraid to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, uh, that adjustment period yeah. is, is a real, it's, it's definitely a good deal of it us Yeah. because we're having to slow ourselves down right. from the speed of life. There's also some spiritual warfare right. to it as well. Right, I was about to say. Well. Also, um, remember that Satan doesn't want you on retreat. Yeah, he doesn't want you to listen to the voice of God. He wants to keep. He wants you to keep listening just to your right. the inside of your head. You know. Yeah. Um, and so usually after you've arrived, after you've looked around, you, the first, if it's a preached retreat, um, the the first conference might be in the evening, mm-hmm. uh, and these are usually kind of spiritually charged as well because you're kind of getting the theme for for what what's it going to be about. Yeah. And um, I find that usually after that first talk on Friday evening, I am dead, yeah. absolutely dead yeah, yeah, to the yeah. world. And um, I will I will sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I will go to sleep. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that's one of the things that, that we ought to find permission for and allow me to give you permission is if you really do nothing for the first day, yeah. and even if it's a three-day retreat, if you do nothing for the first evening and, and well into the, the next day, but sleep, then that itself is a gift. Yeah. The Lord says, come away by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know how to rest. We don't know how to rest right. in our society, mm-hmm. in our world today. Even when we're, even when we're asleep, we're not resting yeah. you know, with all these the concerns that we have. Yeah, I remember one of the first young adult retreats I went on. So making the transition from youth retreats to where every minute until, you know, till you pass out at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> is scheduled. You know, I at some point slept through a talk mm. and like I went to my room to rest my eyes and didn't wake up until the morning. Like mm-hmm. that was and I, I was devastated because yeah. I was like, somebody doing it wrong. Somebody's going to they're going to kick yeah. me out like I'm going to have to go home. And mm. they were like. No, nope. you know, no. Yeah. And not to say that you go on retreat and sleep through everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's not the point, but you know, but yeah, just giving your body that time to, yeah. to rest and relax. Mm-hmm. And to realize that, that this is, uh, in most cases, this is a decision that you're making to go on retreat. Yeah. And so all of these things are, are, are components of the retreat are there for you, but you're not being held to them, yeah. you know, by by some sort of invisible laser beam, you know. Yeah. Um, in fact, sometimes that official permission to to disengage, if you want to, from a, from the official stuff, uh, actually makes me want to go to them more. Yeah. You know. So so I feel as if giving that permission. Typically, if I'm a retreat leader, I will say like, don't feel like you have to come to everything. Yeah. And you're you're getting permission to do what needs to be done for you to um, to recharge yeah. spiritually, physically, mentally, and that takes some time. Um, I find that the more you become part of a retreat culture, like the more you you make a, a yearly retreat part of your life, that that rebound period is a little bit less. Yeah. You know? uh, of course, it depends on where you're coming from that particular week too. But um, so yeah, so you you maybe there's night prayer. You know, maybe uh, maybe you're already asleep. And then the next morning you wake up and, and um, Saturday morning breakfast, morning prayer, mm-hmm. usually your first conference. And one of the things that you're probably surprised about is that there are these long periods after the conferences where nothing is scheduled. Yeah. Yeah. And that sometimes is the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the, the temptation is always, okay, does this mean that I have to to mentally sort through all of this information that I've received? Does it mean that I'm supposed to go grab my Bible? Does it mean I'm supposed to get my rosary? Does it mm-hmm. mean that I'm supposed to, you know, go into the chapel and spend time mm-hmm. with the Lord in the, yeah. in the Eucharist? What? And the answer is yes or no to all yeah. those things, yeah. you know, to, to be able to say, okay, Lord, was there like a nugget mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. what was being, um, what was presented? And sometimes it is, it's like six words before a semicolon. Yeah. And it just sticks in your head and to be able to unpack that to say, okay, Lord, I'll be here because retreats are not about volume. Yeah. You know, I, I, eesh, that's difficult for us. Retreat is not about how much I can pack in yeah. to my soul. Right. Yeah. It's about how much I can let out so that the Lord can give me the little bit of nourishment that I, that I truly need and not the stuff I think I want. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but you're exactly right that um, that it's 
it's like a spiritual like what do I do with my hands mm-hmm. kind of you know, <laughs> right. two yeah. hour period yeah. of yeah. like I'm, there isn't there's something I'm supposed to be doing someone tell me what it is and mm-hmm. you almost like go to people and you're like can I help with anything like yeah. can I yeah. can I set up for mm-hmm. for yeah. mass can yeah. do you need help right. cooking lunch like but just give <laughs> me a job like other yeah. than yeah. be here exactly. and do nothing yeah and that's how that's hard for people who are involved in ministry or who are involved in retreat stuff like it's incredibly difficult to be a retreat for to go on retreat and not be like yeah let me do that like yeah. g- mm-hmm. give me that give me that microphone you know because that's what that's what I do you know and and but to go on retreat myself isn't is difficult and that's uh, you know I've experienced that with a lot of people mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who will come um, and their their spirituality is you know I'm gonna play in the band and that's my spirituality mm-hmm. this is I'm gonna do you know I, I'm gonna cook um, you know for the retreat I'm mm-hmm. going to you know, run, run around and run errands. That's, that's it, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and, and a lot of times, and I think we've spoken about this before on the, on the show is we feel like that, like as long as, Oh, I've been on retreat. I've been on retreat six times this year. No, Mm -hmm. you haven't. You've worked a retreat or you've, you know, or you've, um, you know, um, you know, read at a mass or, yeah. you know, or been involved in the, in the parish mission, but did you sit down and listen? Mm-hmm. Did you participate in the mass otherwise? Nope. You know, these are things that, that those of us who are really involved yeah. can get caught up in, mm-hmm. it's hard. you know, when we talk about the difference between a retreat and a, and a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, we can, we There's can a difference get, between we, being a retreat and being right, a parishioner too. Exactly yeah. right. You, for someone who works a retreat and someone who goes on a retreat are two very different things. I yeah. remember I was working a retreat, a discernment retreat, as a seminarian, and we had some um, some young men who were who were themselves retreatants, but they also had musical gifts, and so they would help to play for mass. Yeah. You know, just because they said, "Well, I can do." That. I was like, "Okay." Well, they would sit in the chapel and and rehearse all day long for the next thing. Yeah. So finally, I said, "Guys, we don't need you. Thank you. you you're very gifted. You're very talented, but uh, you're running from something here." Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. looked at me like I had just you know slashed the tires of their car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't do that, but uh, I said, like, "Guys, I, what are we doing here? Like, yeah. you're retreatants. I I want I want you to Good be able you. to hear what the Lord is saying." Yeah. yeah. They were mad. Hmm. At least one of them is a priest today, I believe, as a matter of fact. Um, but yeah, but <laughs> and as my mom would say, yeah, you're welcome. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and so another thing that might happen, certainly will happen on the retreat, is uh, is that you'll have time for Mass. Mm-hmm. You yeah. might be exposed to the liturgy of the hours, so the official kind of praying act of the church. Mm-hmm. You might be exposed to some some beautiful um, liturgical or, um, or prayer practices that you're not usually accustomed mm-hmm. to. So like the rosary, maybe um, a scriptural rosary or something like that. Yeah. And all these things are, are meant to give you some tools that you can take home with you. So you actually, if you if you go over a weekend, you might have mass on Saturday um, morning, mm-hmm. you know, and so you're exposed to maybe a votive mass of Our Lady yeah. or what a daily mass looks like. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes many Catholics, the, the Sunday mass is, is their bread and butter and, and, right. and they're not exposed to the, to the, the daily mass yeah. experience. Yeah. Um, so to be able to be okay with, uh, with the conference open time, yeah. A conference and then the open time and then not to feel like we have to fill it with something. Right. But one one things you do need to be filled with is food. So there's almost always time for meals and multiple meals as well. Yeah. Um, sometimes you know you're doing the retreat right whenever you uh, you finish the conference and you, uh, you go for your, your little walk or whatever and then a nap. 
and then you always feel like you're waking up to food. Like it's time to eat again. It's time to eat again. Uh, And that's actually a beautiful thing because if you think about it, what's happening with with you on retreat is you're in a womb, Mm. right? You're you're or or you're a a newborn. Yeah. You're you're being fed. You're being um, given an opportunity to process what you've been fed, and you're being given an opportunity to sleep. And then to be fed again. It's this beautiful cycle uh, that is as old as the scriptures, and it really is as old as how God intended for us to uh, to receive life, right? Mm-hmm. To to be nourished in life. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, there are great. I have a friend who just returned from a retreat. He says uh, there's only like a you know three quarters of a mile track around the retreat center. He says, but I walked about eight miles mm-hmm. so because that's where the Lord had me. I, mm-hmm. And and so where whenever the conference was over. I would just walk the circle and he said that's where the lord wanted to meet me you know mm-hmm. some people they find a bench and it becomes their bench and that's where yeah. they find themselves mm-hmm. you know we do a retreat uh, during the summer with i've spoken about dumox ministries and they that's where i first discovered the eno hammock mm-hmm. it's a packable hammock and i like i put it up my hammock i went to that hammock every time mm-hmm. and in fact one time they uh, uh you know i felt like they, and it was, a, it was my own spiritual, you know, battle, but I felt like they had sprung silent time on us. And I don't, I was furious. Like it was an unnatural furious. Mm. Like I get furious about a lot of things, but like, I remember I got up, right. And I'm like, wow, you know, and I'm, I go outside, I got my hammock and I rocked myself so hard that I fell asleep, <laughs> but that was my space. Like that was, you know, that was where I went. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and of course I was dealing with other things that needed to be, you know, napped on mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you know that you're right like a, um a, that's a, a real place a walk mm-hmm. or a space or you know mm-hmm. a, a bench or you know yeah. yeah yeah and and so um typically that kind of cycle happens friday night all of saturday mm-hmm. and then sunday uh, morning you might have a conference talk to kind of wrap things up or to process some of the the, the things that were going on and then almost always there's a closing with mass or something like that. You're the Sunday mass. And then um, and then if it's a silent retreat, you're able to, to speak at lunch mm-hmm. and to kind of process externally what's mm-hmm. what's been going on. And that's that's really the the, the long and the short of the retreat life. Yeah. Um, and what you perhaps can expect, obviously, your your retreat centers may vary a little bit, but you'd be surprised at how many of them have a pretty tried and true format that really follows monastic life. It follows mm-hmm. the life of the church. And so you even get a kind of a deeper dive into what uh, the church, the church's breathing rhythms on yeah. her yeah. life's, her, her life of nourishment and, and breath is all about too. Yeah. Well, uh, we hope that that was helpful for you. Let us know, backchat at catholicunderground.com, or you can let us know in uh, the chat if you're watching us live on Facebook Sunday nights at 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, well, we, we uh, have our rolling segment that I don't think has any uh, audio tag to it, so if you're no. watching us on the radio, it's okay, but it's the part of the show that we like to call Catholic Word Search. Well, there's the audio for it now. There you go, yeah. Love so, it. So Catholic Word Search... Is uh, is that part of the show that we we pick a word, any word, and I show you that word the, the used to be Catholic of that word and Greek is Greek, and if it just so happens that today's Catholic word search is a Greek it word. Is Greek. I literally <laughs> I quote that in class a lot, and my my students don't think it's funny. Ah uh, well, but I'm like literally it's, it's like it's a gonna dad be Greek, mom Latin, joke. Or Hebrew. Yeah. yeah. So parousia is the uh, is the word or parousia. parousia. Do you know who I saw yesterday? 
I saw Chris Cole. Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hi, Chris, if you're watching. He is an ensign in the Navy Reserves mm -hmm. uh, now. And uh, and indeed, he was there. I saw him. I was like, I, I recognize the top half of your face. Who are you? <laughs> and he came up to me and says, Father, <laughs> you don't remember? Because he was in a group called the Parousians, mm -hmm. which was a philosophical group. So the Parousia, Olivia. Yes one of my favorite topics so it's the end times the apocalypse um this is the word it means it comes from a greek word meaning um arrival so mm -hmm. usia just means like being or essence and par just means like well we don't have time to get into that but so <laughs> there's the whole word together just means like um like like a new presence or a, yeah. an arrival i right? think we have the spelling if they want to see it on the screen yes so. perfect mm -hmm. Um, and so the specific arrival or presence that we're talking about when we say parousia um, is the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. Now, we have to specify because Christ came before, right? Mm -hmm. He came in the incarnation, um, the nativity, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then his life, death, passion, well, first his life, passion, death, resurrection, ascension, right? Um, and there's actually three comings of Christ, which I think gets glossed over, but in, um, so there's the incarnation, but then within the parousia, there's really like two kinds of comings of Christ. So there's the end times, which mm -hmm. we are currently like in waiting for, yeah. right? We are anticipating the parousia. So we're, we're kind of caught between the first coming and the second coming, yeah. but we're kind of in like you know, 1A or like in anticipation of like two, you know, uh -huh. um, because we still have Christ coming now and it's right. in the parousia, which is happening now, which is on our altars in yeah. the Eucharist. That's right. Right. Heaven is still touching down to earth right now on our altars mm -hmm. in the mass. And that is the parousia. It is not any different or any separate from what will happen or right. will occur at the end times. That's right. It is. It's an arrival and an apocalypse. I think yeah. we, we forget that when we go to mass, we are entering into the apocalypse. Yes. <laughs> we are yeah. entering into the fulfillment of all things. Yeah. And that's why we are, are not called to be scared about what comes next. Yeah. Because we are willfully encountering it every time we go to the mass. Of course, it's it's uh, it's veiled. Yes. Right. It's a it's a sacramental reality that's veiled, but it is the Lord. It is His coming. He, yeah. It is His advent, and um, and and to not to not be afraid of it. Because are are you afraid to go to mass? Well, some some maybe, but I think the reason that a lot of people are afraid to go to mass is because they don't think that they'll be welcomed or they, right. they don't think that, that they'll find what they're looking for or they're ashamed. Right. But that's mm -hmm. why we have those those sacraments that help us to experience the parousia of the Mass. Right. And so to, to be able to throw off our shame and throw off our guilt and go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation so that we're ready to go to Mass. Imagine that. Nothing impure can be in the presence of God when mm -hmm. the actual second coming happens, yeah. right? When mm -hmm. our Lord comes back. And so the sacramental realities are preparing us for the time in which we will meet the Lord without the veil of the sacrament. Right. So we are unveiled, and we can unveil ourselves through the sacramental mm -hmm. realities here and now. Purgatory can help achieve that for us. Um, it's still in anticipation of the end times, but after death, right? Yep. Um, and then there will be this final unveiling. That's what apocalypse means, yeah. right? Um, it's that term, oh, it's been hijacked, right, yeah. by Hollywood, but it, it apocalypsis just means 
the unveiling, mm-hmm. right? Specifically the unveiling of the bride, yeah. right? The bride, that's how, y'all, that's how revelation ends. Mm-hmm. The Bible begins and ends with a wedding. Yep. And yeah. it's the coming of the bride, the new Jerusalem descending from heaven, this mm-hmm. new temple, this new Jerusalem descending. And the apocalypse is the unveiling of that bride. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the wedding feast of the Lamb that is how revelation ends and so yes the apocalypse is going to have the it's going to be the recreation of heaven and earth and there are going to be these natural events so like when you see these movies about the apocalypse and it's like you know fire falling from you know heaven and like there's earthquakes Mm -hmm. and mountains splitting in half sure right that's like usually the people are referring to like the breaking open of the sixth seal in revelation six look it up And those things will happen, but the natural and the supernatural are always occurring together, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And what's happening there is the, the recreation of heaven and earth, right? The redemption of the earth mm-hmm. so that it can be prepared. It's like tilling the soil, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God preparing, Jesus preparing, the bridegroom, preparing his His father's house for the bride who is coming. That's right, which is part of the, the Jewish marriage ritual, right? The yes. preparation of the bridal chamber, mm-hmm. the preparation of the wedding feast. And if you if you look at it, I, I could be wrong here, but I think that we can say that that we are betrothed in baptism, mm-hmm. right? And that betrothal, um, which is which is part of the of the, the Jewish wedding ceremony, where you're wed, you know, mm-hmm. the, the betrothal is yeah. a very real part of the marriage rite, and and so even through the through the sacrament of the Eucharist, we begin to experience that that readying of the bridal chamber. We yeah. begin to experience that wedding feast of the lamb here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not completely consummated until yeah. everything is, until the parousia has has concluded, if you will. Yeah. And that won't happen until the bride is ready. Yep. That's what Revelation says. And so thanks be to God that the Lord is patient and and that we are being readied and we're being yeah. readied through the church. Yeah. That's a, that's a, sometimes it's tough for us to make those connections because uh, the mass, especially as we see it today, sometimes can look like a, a production, and yet it's not. It's a liturgy, yeah. and liturgies peel back the veil ever so slightly so that we can go into the reality that it signifies. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as always, Catholic Underground is, in fact, made possible by viewers like you, by listeners like you, and by prayer warriors and benefactors like you. If you want to become an official undergrounder, Jeff, they can go to catholicunderground.com, right? Slash donate. That's the one. And you can help us by letting others know about us. So, Jeff, I believe uh, we want them to like us. uh, Star us. Yeah. Definitely. To heart us. Yeah, heart us. And if you've got a platform of choice that has any of those, do that. Yeah. Yeah. And And uh, say something nice, too. And say something nice. Yeah, exactly. I know Spotify has the ability, iTunes has the ability for you to say something nice if you like what you hear. Uh, Please leave a favorable comment. Our panelists this week have been Kathleen Lee at Kaylee626 on Instagram. Yep. Mm -hmm. And Olivia Galino is the dot real dot OMG on Instagram and Twitter. True. Yes. Okay. We've also had Jeff Blackwell, our technical director at Jeff Blackwell Us on Twitter. Hey, uh, Jeff, a privilege you. to be here. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. indeed. The privilege is ours. We've also had Ed Ball, who is our video director. Jim Hayes is our research assistant with his crew in the lab. And you know me. I'm Father Chris Decker. You can find me at Digital Catholic on Instagram and Twitter. I feel like I need to do some art. 
We'll yes. do that soon. Yeah. Sick. You've been listening to the Catholic Underground cutting through the noise. You can find that still small voice. My friends, we hope your Lent is going well, and we will see you next time.